0: Chapter Thirteen of the Emancipation of South America by Bartolomé Mitre, translated by William Pilling. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pietronata. Chapter Thirteen: The Army of the Andes, 1816 to 1817. The organization of the Army of the Andes is one of the most extraordinary feats recorded in military history. It was a war machine, composed of men filled with the spirit of the Argentine Revolution, and with a passion for things American, without which spirit and without which passion it could never have achieved the task before it. Never was the military automaton more thoroughly imbued with human energy. The Auxiliary Corps of Las Eras formed the nucleus of the army, to which was soon added two companies of the 8th Regiment from Buenos Aires with four field guns, in 1815 colonel zapiola joined it with two squadrons of the grenadiers these corps were greatly strengthened by volunteers who joined them in cuyo in 1816 the new government appointed by the congress of tucuman constituted it formally as the army of the andes under the command of san martin as captain-general with general soler as chief of the staff and further strengthened it with the 7th Regiment of Infantry from Buenos Aires, and additions to the 8th, Colonel Conde being placed in command of the 8th, and Colonel Cramer, a Frenchman who had served under Napoleon, in command of the 7th. The 11th, under Las Heras, was divided into two battalions, of which the 2nd became the 1st Light Infantry under Lieutenant-Colonel Alvarado, a fifth squadron under necochoa was added to the grenadiers thus early in september the army numbered two thousand three hundred men with the flags a force still insufficient for the work but recruiting went on briskly the question of giving freedom to all slaves who would enlist being under discussion at tucuman san martin spread the report in cuyo that the idea was to be carried out and advised the cabildos to prevail upon the slave-owners to set their slaves free before the project became law there was much unwillingness to accede to this proposition but at length it was resolved to set two-thirds of the slaves free the manumission not to be effective until the army crossed the andes this gave a further reinforcement of seven hundred and ten men to the infantry Before the end of the year the army numbered 4,000 men, almost all of whom were Argentines. The Chilean emigrants were organized into a reserve as the nucleus for the future army of Chile. This reserve was placed under command of O'Higgins, who received a commission as a general of the United Provinces, but within it were many partisans of Carrera, upon whom San Martin looked with suspicion. The army was sustained by a combination of patriotic subscriptions, gratuitous services and of regular and arbitrary taxes some carried arms others gave money or labour all the inhabitants of cuyo contributed in some way or another to the great work for the furnishings of arms powder and equipments special measures were adopted san martin found the man he wanted for this work in a mendicant friar named luis beltran this beltran was a native of mendoza and being in chile at the time of the revolution had joined the patriots and served as an artilleryman at the siege of chian after rancagua he returned on foot to his own country with a bag of tools of his own making on his shoulders self-taught he was at once a mathematician and a chemist an artilleryman and a maker of watches or of fireworks A carpenter, an architect, a blacksmith, a draftsman, a cobbler, and a physician. In addition, he was of a robust constitution and of soldierly bearing. He became one of the chaplains of the new army. San Martin soon discovered his extraordinary talents, and entrusted him with the establishment of an arsenal. Soon he had three hundred workmen under his orders, all of whom were taught by himself he cast cannon shot and shell melting down the church bells when other metal was not to be had he made limbers for the guns saddles for the cavalry knapsacks and shoes for the infantry and all other kinds of necessary equipment forged horseshoes and bayonets repaired damaged muskets and in his leisure moments drew on the walls of his grimy workshop designs for carriages specially adapted for the conveyance of war material over the steep passes of the andes in eighteen sixteen he took off his friar's frock donned the uniform of a lieutenant of artillery with a monthly salary of twenty-five dollars and became the archimedes of the army of the andes in addition to this arsenal san martin established a laboratory of saltpetre and a powder factory in charge of his aide-de-camp major condarco using water-power to work the machines this factory produced excellent gunpowder sufficient for the supply of the army at very small cost he also set up a manufactory of army cloth which cloth was dyed blue and uniforms for the troops were made of it by the women of mendoza free of charge A military tribunal was created, and the medical staff was organized under Dr. Paroissien, a naturalized Englishman. The commissariat and treasury were also placed under the strictest regulations. Everything was prepared for an offensive war and for the distant operations. In May 1816, the scheme was almost upset by the persistence of the central government in prosecuting the war in Upper Peru. San Martin had taken great interest in the projected Congress of Tucuman since the idea was first mooted, looking upon it as the last hope of the revolution. Four deputies were sent from Cuyo, who were all friends of his and who took deep interest in his plan. One of them, Don Juan Martin Pueyrredón, was elected president. The majority of this Congress were in favor of the establishment of a constitutional monarchy san martin and belgrano who commanded the armies of cuyo and the north were the pillars of the state edifice and though san martin was in theory a republican they both shared in this opinion but both were equally convinced that the first step should be a declaration of independence in order to put an end to the present anomalous position in which they still nominally subject to the king of spain made war upon spain under a flag of their own Thus the declaration of independence on the 9th of July was welcomed by San Martin as a master stroke of policy. Don Juan Martín Pueyrredón, now president of the United Provinces, had already so far adopted the military ideas of San Martin, that on the 16th of June he had given orders for the dispatch of men and arms to Cuyo. But San Martin was not content with mere acquiescence in his plans. He wanted the hearty approval and concurrence of the chief of the state he accordingly left mendoza for cordoba on the fifteenth of july and there met the president the conference lasted three days and resulted in a complete understanding between them then as no maps existed of the passes of the andes he sent his aide-de-camp condarco who was a skilful engineer with a copy of the declaration of independence to the governor of chile but he said to him as he gave him his instructions your real errand is to reconnoitre for me the roads by los patos and uspayata without making a note you must bring back in your head a plan of them both i shall send you by los patos which is the longest road and as they are certain to send you back at once if they don't hang you you will return by uspayata which is the nearest way as san martin had anticipated the copy of the declaration which condarco presented to marco del pont was burned by the public hangman of santiago and the messenger was sent back at once with scant courtesy but in his receptive brain he brought with him plans of both roads which he drew out on paper at his leisure and these plans so obtained became the chart of the first operations of the army of the andes in the early spring san martin brought the various corps of his army from their cantonments and encamped them on an open plain about a league to the north of mendoza where the recruits were thoroughly drilled and the whole force was taught to act in concert every hour of the day had its allotted work and in the evening the officers attended classes for instruction in tactics to complete its organization a printing press was added to the stores from which bulletins of victory were to be issued to the world teaching to the liberated people the principles of the argentine revolution which the soldiery supported with their bayonets on the seventeenth of january eighteen seventeen there was high holiday in the city of mendoza the streets and plaza were decorated with flags and streamers the whole army marched in to salute the virgen del carmen as its patron saint and to receive a special army flag embroidered by the ladies of the city when the usual formalities were over san martin ascended a platform in the great square with the flag in his hand and waving it over his head said in a voice which could be heard by all soldiers this is the first independent flag which has been blessed in america one great shout of viva la patria rose from the people and the troops in answer then he added soldiers swear to sustain it and to die in defence of it as i swear to do we swear was the answer from four thousand throats a triple discharge of musketry and twenty-five guns then saluted this new flag the flag of redemption for one half of south america which passed the cordillera waved in triumph along the Pacific coast, floated over the foundations of two new republics, aided in the liberation of another, and after sixty-four years served as a funeral pole to the body of the hero who thus delivered it to the care of the immortal army of the Andes. End of chapter 12